all good? Everyone going well? Yeah. Awesome. It's good to hear. Well, today um, I want to share a story about um, something that has happened over uh, my life over the past couple of weeks, um, just over the last few weeks of my holidays. Now, on the last week of my holidays, I was uh, having a bit of car trouble. Um, I had to call the RAA out twice uh, because I had a flat battery. The first time, once they got the car started, the RAA gave the battery a test and uh, they said it was all good, that all I had to do was take the car for a bit of a drive uh, and just to get a bit of charge back in the battery and it should be all good. Anyway, two days later, I had to call the RAA again for the same thing. Once they got the car started again, um, I, had, I had a suspicion of what was causing the problem. So I thought that um, I would take my car down to the mechanic to have a look, and who knows how hard it is to find someone to have a look at your car between Christmas and New Year and all that sort of, uh, between, you know, that period. Um, so I took it down on the first day that he was back at work, and he sort of gave me a price and all that sort of stuff, and then I took the car back, and then I went to my dad's place, and uh, we rang up a family friend who's a mechanic, and uh, he gave his opinion as well, and... So we sort of had all these different opinions going on of what was going on. And uh, meanwhile, I had a suspicion of what was happening to my battery. Anyway, we thought, oh, we'll go down to Battery World and, and see what they say. And we thought, oh, yeah, hello, they're going to sell me a new battery and, you know, all that sort of stuff as they try to do. But they were actually quite good. They actually tested the battery again. So I had a third opinion now. And they said that the battery was all good. But then they did another test. They, they put a little machine on um, one of the leads and they said, oh, you've actually got something that is actually in fact drawing current from your battery when your car sits there overnight. There's something that is slowly draining that battery. And I went, okay. So then I had to call an auto electrician to come and diagnose the problem. So then early this week, the auto electrician comes out, he does his test and all that sort of stuff, and uh, he diagnosed the problem, and funny enough, it was the same suspicion that I had. It was actually my aftermarket alarm that I had on the car that was actually drawing current from the battery. So he found the problem, looked at it, and removed the problem, removed the aftermarket alarm, and the car was all good again. So now it can sit overnight, and I can lock the door, and everything's all good. I rem it, he removed the thing that was causing the problem. And so now my car's all good again. Well, one of them is anyway, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> For those of you close to me, you know what I'm talking about. I want to ask you this question this morning. Is there anything in your life at the moment that is slowly draining your battery? You may not even be aware of it, or like me with my car, you have a suspicion, you may already have an idea that there's something in your life that is draining the current from your battery, but you're not sure what to do. See, I wasn't able to get to the places that I wanted to go because the battery in my car was slowly draining overnight and I couldn't get it started. But like in life, God has a direction that he wants you to go. He has called each and every one of us to different types of ministry, different places of ministry, and he wants us to continue moving forward. But we cannot do this if there is something in our life that shouldn't be there and is draining us or if we're doing something that 
maybe we shouldn't be doing that is draining us. Something that robs us of the thing that God has for us to do. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. See, Jesus wants us to have life to the full. But the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy and distract us from the other things, from other things. He wants to put other things in our life that may distract us from the very thing that God has actually called us to do. Have a think about that. He does this so that we can get away from the things that God actually has for us. I believe that that applies to us as individuals and to us as a church as well. So then I want to ask you this question. How can we identify then the very thing that is slowly draining us? Because it's a very, it is a very important question, I think, that we need to ask at times to assess what, what's going on. So number one, we need to spend time with God. We need to spend time with God. And I want to have a look this morning at Psalm 73. I love the book of Psalms. As a worshipper, I love reading these poems and actually um, just hearing about, reading about the different feelings and attitudes that they had towards different things that these writers had because it makes me feel human. You know, it makes, it makes, the, makes the Bible real to me anyway. Um, because I can identify with these writers sometimes with what they're going through. So let's have a look at Psalm 73. From Ver- this is a psalm of Asaph. It says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. We're just going to stop there for a sec. Here you read what Asaph is really thinking. And in verse 16, So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. This sounds like to me that all these, he's trying to understand, you know, he's, God, I'm a godly man. Why am I going through these? Why, why are your people going through these troubles? Why are the wicked people prospering? And to me, this sounds like he was trying to understand this himself, but it was in fact, it, if you read it in a way, it, it sounds like this, the, the way he was thinking was draining his energy. And he was, you know, what a difficult task this is. 
Let's keep reading. Verse 17. Then I went into your sanctuary, O Lord, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they were destroyed. They are destroyed, sorry. Completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. I love verse 17. So as he was thinking all this, then it says, Then I went into your sanctuary, O Lord. He spent time in God's presence. And as he spent time in God's presence, he finally understood. He finally understood. Verse 21. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. See, while he was in the presence of God, God revealed his heart. Verse 21 and 22, as we just read, Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. See, God was revealing here his heart. And so as we spend time in God's presence, God can begin to reveal to you the things that are beginning to drain you, beginning to slowly sap that energy away. And like in this psalm, God revealed to him that his heart was bitter towards these people. His heart was bitter Verse 26, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good is it to be near God? I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. I love this. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Even though you may grow tired, the Lord will give you strength when you're in his presence. You also read that in Isaiah verse 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I love verse 28. But as for me, how good is it to be near God? How good is it to be in his presence? To me... This psalm is showing me the importance of spending time with God. This, this psalm is, is showing how important it is. As we spend time in his presence, God will show us the things that we need to change. Like in this psalm that we have just read, Asaph was trying to understand why the wicked were prospering and why he was going through troubles. But as he spent time in God's presence, God began to reveal to him what would happen to the wicked people. God also revealed to him about his heart, in verses 21 and 22. And you see at the end of the psalm how his heart changes. How he begins to praise God. How many times in our lives do we, do we waste our time trying to understand why we are going through the things that we're going through? How many times do we spend our time and energy going, Why God am I going through this? Instead of going into his presence and, 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 
and just expressing ourselves to him, we try to solve it ourselves. But like in this psalm, it's good to express how you feel to God. Because when you spend time in God's presence, he will begin to reveal to you what you need to do. If it's a heart attitude thing, he will show you. Or maybe you're, what you're thinking is incorrect. And, and it's actually you, you are the problem, not this other person or whatever it may be. It's good to spend time in God's presence. I want to share, you a, I want to share a bit of a story of what happened at the start of the week. Um, at the start of the week, as I was sort of thinking about I went back to work this week and uh, we had some certain events happen in, in our life and at the start of the week and I sort of, sort of, it sort of started to drain my energy. Um, I was kind of a bit grumpy. I felt myself starting to drain a bit. I was really annoyed. Um, I wasn't really motivated to do anything. And uh, to tell you the truth, I nearly didn't preach this message this morning. I nearly, on Tuesday night, I was about to ring Pastor Gary and say, hey, uh, can you preach? Um, because I can't do it. But then Haley said to me, um, Luke, we're going to put the kids to bed and then I'm going to give you the lounge. I'm going to give you the room. You can do what you want. You can prep your message. You can do whatever. And so I spent some time in prayer and worship. It took me a little while to sort of get motivated to get into God's presence, to be quite honest, but I, I did it anyway. I just put some worship music on. And slowly but surely, I just started to feel refreshed. I, no, no, no joke, I started to feel refreshed. If you're feeling tired, whack some worship music on and just sing. Even if you can't sing, just sing. I started to feel refreshed. I began to feel relaxed and excited. And really, the circumstances were beyond my control anyway. So I just felt so relaxed after that. And then God began to share with me this message that I'm putting together, that, we, that I'm preaching today. And it was completely different to what I had was thinking. So I believe that today that this is going to apply to you as much as it has applied to me this week. Put some worship music on, Pray. You read through the life of Jesus. Jesus was always on the move ministering to others, but he found time to spend with the Father. Read through the Gospels, you'll see it. You often read Jesus withdrew and spent all night praying. Jesus withdrew, Jesus withdrew, Jesus withdrew. He spent time with the Father in heaven. Even though he was the Son of God himself, he still had to communicate, he still had to pray. So how much more do we need to do that as well? Spend time in God's presence. It'll change you. Like we read in this psalm. So then, we spend time in God's presence, but how else can we identify the thing that is slowly draining us? And this, is, this to me is very important. Number two, we need to build good connection with others. Or in other words, deeper connections. Just something that's easy to remember. 
And I want to have a look here at Exodus. Exodus chapter 18. And this is a, a little story about Jethro and Moses. And this, to me, highlighted the need for a deep, to have deeper connections with other people. So we're going to have a look at, from verse 6, we're going to read through. It says, Jethro sent a message to Moses saying, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming, am coming to see you with your wife and your two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed low and kissed him. They asked about each other's welfare and then went into Moses' tent. Moses told his father-in-law everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and Egypt on behalf of Israel. He also told about all the hardships they had experienced along the way and how the Lord had rescued his people from all their troubles. I'm just going to stop there for a sec. You see here straight away, they meet and they ask about each other's welfare. Moses shared about the good things that the Lord had done, but he also shared the hardships as well. Do we have people in our lives that we can share the good things with? And the hardships with? Do we have those people in our lives? Do we have Jethro's in our lives that we can confide in and share our good, the good times of what God has done and also the hardships, the struggles that we have? Let's keep reading. Verse 9. Jethro was delighted when he heard about all the good things the Lord has done for Israel as he rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians. Praise the Lord, Jethro said. For he has rescued you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh. Yes, he has rescued Israel from the powerful hand of Egypt. I know now that the Lord is greater than all other gods because he rescued his people from the oppression of the proud Egyptians. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. Aaron and all the elders of Israel came out and joined him in a sacrificial meal in God's presence. See, these verses, Jethro was delighted to hear about the good things. To me, it sounds like that Jethro celebrated with Moses about what God was doing. And I'll ask you again, do we have people in our lives that we can celebrate the, our successes with? Do we have those people in our lives? Let's keep reading. The next day, verse 13, the next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. Now, if your father-in-law is giving you advice, look out. <laughs> Where am I? And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. 
Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures. All these people will go home, and all these people will go home in peace. Verse 24. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. That's pretty cool. As we read, as we read here, this advice was coming from a man who Moses was close with, his father-in-law. Verse 14, Jethro asked him, you know, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you doing this alone? You see, Moses thought he was doing a good thing. You know, and if everyone's got a great resume for leadership, it's Moses. You know, he, parted, you know, he was instrumental in uh, leading the people out of Egypt. So that's, that's, that's number one, leadership right there. But in saying this, Jethro saw that what he was, there was something wrong with what he was doing. Moses thought he was doing You know, sometimes in our lives we can think that we're doing a good thing. Verses 17 and 18, Jethro said, this is not good. You're going to wear yourself out. And the people too. So if Moses was to keep going the way that he was, he would actually wear himself out. Not only him, but the people that were, he was leading too. The people that he was leading to would wear out as well. Sometimes we need to have the right people. I can't stress this enough. The right people to have a look at our lives and give us wise advice. We might think that we have it all together, but if we're taking on things that we shouldn't be taking on, then we're going to wear ourselves out. And sometimes even those people around us. I want to, I want to personalise this a bit. Husbands, if you're leading your family and you're taking on things that you shouldn't be taking on or you're doing things that are wearing you out, it eventually carries over into your family life as well. I know this from personal experience. There are times where I feel tired and weak and it actually affects the way that I relate to the rest of my family. It actually affects the way that my family are. So as husbands, we are, leading, we are leaders of our families and we need to watch what we actually allow into our lives. We actually need to make sure that we are actually, in fact, going in the direction that God has actually called our family to go. I love what verse 23 and 24 says. If you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. So if you need people in your life so that you can endure the pressures of life because it's not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone. 
Why do we need Jethro's in our life? Why do we need Jethro's in our life? One, to ask about our welfare. To ask about our welfare. Two, to talk about the good things that God is doing in our lives. Number three, to also talk about the hardships as well. Number four, to give us wise advice about our lives when we need to hear it. That, that, that in itself is a very, very hard thing. And I believe that we as Aussies are very, very prideful about ourselves. And when someone gives us advice, a lot of the times, I know sometimes in myself, you'll be like, what do you know? What do you know? But in, real, in, in reality, if you actually see, if you actually have the right people that God has placed around you to be able to draw from, like Moses had Jethro, you can actually take that advice and say, okay, God, what are you actually saying here? Because as we spend time with God, as we build deeper connections, if we have those deeper connections and we have those Jethros in our lives, we're actually able to endure the pressures. We're actually able to stop the things that are actually draining us. To me, when I read through Exodus 18, this is what a deeper connection with people is actually supposed to look like. We don't have to walk through our life alone. We don't have to have all the answers. That in itself is a revelation. We don't have to have all the answers. One, we serve God who has all the answers. But then also God brings people into our lives to help us discover the answers that we need to hear. This is how our Christian walk should be. We need to build deeper connections with people who are going to help us and give us wise advice. Proverbs 18.24. It says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. A real friend sticks closer than a brother. We need these real friends in our lives. We need these real people in our lives. Ask yourself this question, do I have these real people, do I have these real friends in my lives, in my life, that are going to stick closer than a brother, that are going to endure the hardships, that are going to celebrate with me when God is doing something good in my life, that is going to listen to me when I need to speak. Because I believe if we, build, if we spend time with God and we build these deeper connections, that it will actually help us to tackle depression, anxiety, and all those other illnesses, that mental illnesses that go on. Because God wants to give us a life that is more abundant. He wants to give us life to the full. And this is part of it. We're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. We need these real people in our lives. So to be able to identify the things in our lives that are slowly draining us, I just want to conclude with these. We need to spend time with God. Make time for God this year. It's my challenge. 
Make time for God this year. Put it in your calendar if you have to, in your diary. Make it a priority. If you struggle with this, I want to encourage you. We have phones, we have electronic diaries, we have calendars. I don't know how you do it. Just put it in there. Even if it's half an hour, it's better than nothing. Say, okay, this is me and God. This is time with me and God. Make it a priority. We need to build good connection with others. I can't stress this enough. We need people to celebrate with us. We need people to share hardships with us. We need people who can speak into our lives and give us wise advice when we need to hear it. And if we do these two things, then we're not wasting our time and energy on things that God doesn't want us to have in our lives or the things that he doesn't want us to do. But instead, we can excel in the things that God has actually called us to do. That's my heart. That's God's heart. I want to see everyone here excel in the very thing that God has placed on your life. I want to excel in my own life with the things that God has placed on my life. But I can't do that if I don't make these two things a priority. Because otherwise my battery is going to drain. You're going to stop and you're going to be like, well, something, I can't go again because something has been drawing current out of your battery. So I'm going to ask the musicians to come. And I just really feel in my heart to spend a bit of time with God this morning. You know, we've got 10 or so minutes left in the service. But I want to be able to pray with you this morning. I want to be able to... Just pray this morning. I want to open up this altar. There's nothing special about the front here, but I believe that God is going to do something this morning. And if you feel like that your battery is being drained, I want you to come out the front because I want to pray for a recharge. I want to pray that you get a recharge this morning. I want God to be able to speak to you this morning so that you can put these two things in place. So let's stand. We're going to start singing this song. And uh, as we sing, I want you to come forward. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask Pastor Gary to come around and pray as well, if he doesn't need prayer himself. Um, Let's just draw close to God. Let's just draw close to God. Come on.